Welcome to Factum Agri, dedicated to New Zealand's primary industry. Each week, I talk with farmers and producers, industry, the science community, and policy makers to hear their stories and expert opinions on matters relevant to both our rural and our urban communities. This week on Factum Agri, I'm catching up with ag research scientist Stephen Haynes to get the lowdown on the science behind deer velvet and its uses. Let's check in with him now. Hello, Stephen. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks very much for giving me this opportunity, Angus. Please, can you tell me about the work that you do? I gather you work uh, with ag research. Yes, that's right. I've been uh, at ag research for a good number of years, coming up 37 years now. Um, and over that time, I guess the most of my work's focused on the composition and health benefits of a wide range of natural products, um, particularly deer velvet. Uh, although in the last 10 years, I guess, um, I've also been increasingly looking at standard sort of food products such as meat and dairy and looking for bioactive properties of, of those standard sorts of products as well as continuing to do deer velvet research. Okay, that's really interesting. And of course, today we are talking about deer velvet. Um, and deer velvet has been used in traditional medicines in places like Russia and China. For how long has velvet been used in these markets? The first evidence of the use of deer velvet for, for health benefits really comes from a, a silk scroll that was recovered from a Han tomb in, in Hunan, province in China. That was dated at uh, 168 BC. Right. Um, so, and, and the scroll describes some medical treatments and prescriptions using deer velvet. So really, uh, in Asian countries, deer velvet's been in use for over 2,000 years. It has been used for a very long time. In those traditional areas or, or markets, what was velvet used for? Really, in those markets and, and the traditional use of they look on deer velvet as a, a product or a medicine that helps promote well-being and, and support for body systems. So primarily, I guess, the things that, um, that's been used for uh, support for the immune system, um, anti-fatigue, anti-stress. Uh, it's been used for, for body strengthening, just um, you know, giving the body a boost. Um, red blood cell production and um, perhaps related to that cardiovascular health and functions so and tissue repair wound healing I guess comes in with um, the body sort of strengthening but so it's, it's really about wellness and building up these these body bodily systems so what exactly is deer velvet and particularly its composition many will be familiar with hard antler on a stag but many won't realize it grows annually for example can you explain about the annual growth cycle as well um, and of course what time of year velvet is harvested and why sure um well really the first thing to comment on is the name deer velvet so that comes from the really soft and velvety hair that covers the skin of the antler and I think that's probably what most people would think about if they uh, are thinking about deer velvet. Um, it's, it's very evident as the antler hardens uh, in winter for the, the mating season or for the rut, um, that skin and the, the hair 
peels off the antler and people see this and, and think of that as deer velvet. However, as you said, um, annual, antlers actually grow annually every year on the, on the stags. Um, they start off as really small buds that are just growing on top of the uh, bony protuberances that are growing on the skull of the deers, of the stags. And then these small buds uh, expand and grow rapidly into the large antlers that we see on the animals, uh, which can weigh several kilograms on, on bigger stags or on good stags. So during that um, growth period, and particularly in the first 65 to 70 days of, of growth, the antlers are actually growing at a phenomenal rate, which can be up to two centimetres a day. So at that stage, they're actually a living, they're a living tissue. They're, they're a combination of a range of tissues, actually. There's some really soft tissue at the, the very tips or top of, tip of the antler and at the tips of the, the branches or tines. And then just back from that really soft tissue, there's a, a region where it's cartilaginous tissue that is mineralizing and, and growing towards or differentiating towards bone and that sort of extends from the tip of the antler down into the mid region of the of the antler and then the, the lower part of the antler is really mature bone and so there's there's quite a range of tissues there and to support the growth of those and differentiation of those different tissues there's some which I mean that includes blood vessels nerves bone and skin, so a lot of things going on. Um, that means that deer velvet contains a, a huge range of biologically active molecules. Uh, it's fair to say that many of those molecules occur in other parts of the body, but in deer velvet, they're all there in, in uh, often larger concentrations than mm. elsewhere, and they're all acting to, to support that impressive growth. Mm. So, I mean, that really comes to what? deer velvet as a product is and that's the the whole of the antler that it's is removed during the active growth phase um, and in New Zealand that's typically uh, 55 to 60 days after it starts the growth process and at that time it's going to contain um, the highest concentrations of the biologically interesting molecules and these are the molecules that um, can contribute to the health benefits that, that people see when they consume mm. velvet. Mm. But I really need to point out at this point, because I mean, your listeners may be a bit perturbed at a living tissue being removed from, from an animal. And um, in New Zealand, that process is highly regulated. Um, there are government regulations that have to be followed. Um, animal welfare is, is of paramount importance to the deer industry and they take a lot of care to make sure that they are doing these processes well and um, not not uh, hurting the animals unnecessarily mm. and deer velvet can only be removed by trained and certified pro producers who are, have to give adequate pain relief to the stag so it's a it's an area where a lot of research has been put in by the New Zealand deer industry and deer farmers, and um, I think it's an area of, of animal welfare that you know we can say we'll 
producers have really taken it to the forefront of of their thoughts and then consider it very very carefully mm, indeed once velvet has been harvested what is the process from there and how does the consumer ingest the product okay so the first thing that happens after the the deer velvet is is removed on farm is that it's quickly frozen to keep it um keep it good it's essentially at that stage it's it's like a meat product, so it has to be frozen to keep it uh, preserved. And after that, most velvet is, uh, is further preserved by drying, um, either by freeze drying or or by air drying after it's given some heat treatment, essentially cooking to prevent spoiling. Uh, what happens then really depends on the application and the, the consumers that the velvet is intended for. So for traditional applications, where the velvet is prescribed to patients by oriental medical doctors, it's typically cut into very thin slices. And those velvet slices are given to the patient along with uh, typically with a range of other herbal medicines and that whole mixture will be boiled in water to prepare a, a drink or a soup that the the patient or the consumer will actually mm. drink um, so that's, that's the traditional sort of style of usage mm. but that obviously takes quite a bit of effort to boil it up and, and prepare it and um, that's not very convenient so for non-traditional usage um, particularly in western countries mm. a very common way is just to finally grind the dried deer velvet into a powder and then put it into capsules and consume the capsules and, mm. and you, if you go to the health food store you'll, you'll see you know capsules available in bottles um, from, from local companies mm. Quite recently, though, I mean, mm. a growing a growing way that it's being consumed is in quite a wide range of ready-to-consume products that can be drinks and sachets or chewables or even lollies. Um, these products are appearing, have over the last few years been appearing at a great rate in South Korea and, and China, where they're becoming very, very popular. So in, the, in these sorts of products, really the, the deer velvet is um, essentially a, a functional food. So the format of delivery is more in a food sort of type of format. Yeah, okay. And these, are, these sorts of products are particularly um, popular with younger Asians, whereas um, the older members of the society there you know, will tend to stick to the the traditional usage and, and see their oriental medical doctor to to have the prescription. So a big range of ways that people can consume deer velvet nowadays. Mm. What does the science tell us about velvet and its benefits? Many will be familiar with Colin Meads, for example, promoting velvet for arthritis uh, in New Zealand. And people talk about velvet being an aphrodisiac. I'm not sure if there's any evidence to support that. But what does the science tell us? Well, really, the science is backing up the traditional usages. So, uh, and and part of the body strengthening sort of area is is arthritis. I guess dealing with the way that cartilage is is degraded over 
as, as people get older and and so you people develop um, osteoarthritis um, there is good evidence emerging in, in many of these traditional sorts of areas one area where there isn't any evidence in fact quite the opposite is in that aphrodisiac sort of area mm-hmm. um, that because of the that had a slightly negative connotation to it so in the early 2000s the New Zealand um, dare industry and, and actually um, Waikato University I think it was did a study looking at whether dare velvet does have any aphrodisiac properties and they showed it doesn't at all and that this was really a western perception that mm. was incorrect um, certainly in in Asia dare velvet is taken like other bodily functions sexual function is is supported by dare velvet um, but as a sort of a component of general health not in a uh, immediate mm. sense that mm. an aphrodisiac is used but okay yeah so yeah Im- immune function bone um, tissue repair um, these sorts of areas are certainly areas where there is scientific support um, backing up the traditional usage okay is there any toxicity in velvet okay well i mean as with any food or natural product a small proportion of consumers may have adverse reactions Um, there have been people that um, have reported nosebleeds or headaches after taking dare velvet Um, not not uh, particularly bad not life-threatening but that is certainly a, a have those are things that have been reported by far the majority of people that take dare velvet they can actually take large large doses without any um, sort of problems at all and this has been backed up by a considerable amount of safety research in, in animals for example that's been performed by the New Zealand air industry and and other researchers around the world and in animals, it has been shown that astronomically high doses are actually well tolerated and uh, at most produce some slight slight symptoms um, at doses that humans just would never get close to, to taking. So, yeah, so it's been shown to be a very safe product. I think compared to, um, certainly compared to a lot of other herbal proper, uh, medicines where there have been things reported. Dare velvet as a tissue, so it's like meat, mm. and really, um, it's not going to have the sorts of high concentrations of toxic chemicals that mm. some herbals may have or, or other products. Um, and what about the composition of velvet between deer breeds? Is there any difference there? There are some differences. Um, mainly, this affects the proteins of the deer velvet which protein is the major component of deer velvet. It's about 60% of the composition. Um, So in different species, proteins will have slight differences in their their amino acid sequences that uh, make up the protein. So these are amino acids are the building blocks of of proteins. And you'll have um, between species in a protein, 90 
95% of those amino acids might be exactly the same, but there will be you know, a, a small percentage where there are some substitutions of different amino acids in different positions. And those changes can have implications in terms of efficacy for perhaps for some health benefits. But overall, it's fair to say that the, the composition of velvet from different deer species are very, very comparable and um, largely the deer velvet from different species will have the same sorts of um, health effects um, as any other species. Mm. Now, um, velvet has been a steady the ship product for farmers, particularly in the last couple of years uh, with COVID, of course, they've had a terrible time with venison, although that is uh, slowly recovering. But where does the future go in terms of the science for velvet? I think the, the key things that are going to be emphasised in the future are improving scientifically in humans that deer velvet in fact has the, the health benefits that the animal and laboratory research have indicated it does and the traditional usage. Um, so because of the high cost of human clinical studies, um, really only a, a relatively small number of studies have been performed. I mean, in New Zealand, we've performed a handful of studies with um, with athletes looking at the influence of deer velvet on um, strength and, and muscle damage. But uh, the cost of those studies are, are very high. Mm. So in future, in future, though, I think we're going to see a lot more human studies being performed um, to make that link between those the benefits and and the fact that it is does actually occur in humans. And that's going to be driven by the fact that this um, change that's happening where in Korea and China where a lot of the deer velvet now is being consumed in really as functional food products. Um, Companies are very keen to actually have their deer velvet ingredients registered as functional foods. And that's a regulatory process that it's a very, a lot of scientific work has to be done and human clinical studies that link the deer velvet to the, the claimed health benefits have to be performed as part of that work. So I think we'll see those sorts of studies being reported as, as companies um, register functional food pro uh, products. Mm. And, and that's, that's an increasing area. The other, yeah. the other exciting area really is in the, there've been um, significant advances in, in technology that's available to scientific research in the last few years. And that's going to, I think, uh, promote a lot of work understanding the mechanisms by which deer velvet operates. So I can, I can give an example of that. Perhaps um, Ag Research and the deer industry have been doing research in, in the last couple of years where we're using a technology called nanostring to investigate the effects of deer velvet on the, the human immune system. Um, so nanostring is a, is a quite a new development. It's a really sensitive technique for 
quantifying gene expression by mm. cells. And that, you know, if you can see how deer velvet is affecting gene expression, you can, you can understand how the, the different effects are starting to, to occur. I mean, there are other new technologies, uh, much more powerful mass spectrometers and other analytical equipment. And I think together all of these are going to enable studies that just a, a few years ago couldn't have been conceived of. Um, but now we can, we can do a lot of these things uh, very easily. And in the next however many years, I think they'll be applied to, to really try and understand the, the effects that deer velvet has on the body. Mm, that's really interesting and I certainly look forward to keeping up with progress um, in that area look I know you're busy Stephen I thank you very very much for your time today that's quite all right it's been good to talk to you Angus it's always good to hear science backing up claims and from Stephen's perspective and his work velvet does have significant health benefits and if something has been used for 2000 plus years that supports well-being and has scientific support then it's a winner from me Gee, we are a great farming nation. Not only are we the most sustainable farmers on the planet, but we are pioneers. And seeing how the deer industry has developed from wild, feral and out-of-control game animals to domesticated farm animals with established markets for venison and velvet is truly remarkable. Inspiring stuff. That's all from me this week. Thank you for listening and catch you next time.